Listening to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're continuing our international series today. We're heading to South America. Sort well, <laughs> we're talking with friends who are heading to South America in the very near future, and uh, we'll so we'll continue that conversation in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Joining us today, the Reverend Philip and Deaconess Rachel Joseph. They will be serving the Lord in Uruguay. Pastor Philip, thanks so much for being our guest today. It is our pleasure. We always look forward to opportunities like this. And Deaconess Rachel, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Hi, great to be with you all again. It is uh, always a delight to get to talk with our international workers and missionaries who are getting ready to go serve in the field. This has been kind of fun the last few weeks, getting to meet those who are preparing to to travel across a body of water or (laughs) take a long airplane, like a long flight. And you'll be doing that, traveling to another continent and so tell us about what led you to to consider international service. We'll start with you, Pastor. Oh, my goodness. A long story, but your time is precious. I was on one of your programs before, Faith and Family, and that was after my time as a lay missionary in Kenya. So I got to say, um, especially right out of seminary, I, I, I don't think I would have gone to seminary if I hadn't first been a missionary. And I don't think I would be married to this wonderful woman, Rachel, if I hadn't been uh, a missionary as well. So the possibility was already in our minds because we'd done it before. We'd we'd met each other that way. We saw that life around the world was possible and that God's amazing provision is, is constant, sometimes despite great odds. So this is something that was placed before us and we were very excited and these calls take a long time to set up. So it's something we've actually been discussing since November of last year. So it's amazing that we're here and that we're now in this, this network support raising phase of missionary service. Rachel, what do you have to add? I guess just that, yeah, God has surprised us, even though we both previously served with the LCMS as geo missionaries and then my first call was as a career missionary deaconess it's great it's great to be back uh, serving with office of international mission we're excited for this these new roles in latin america and and yeah it's just it's great to be back because we really believe the the lord's mission field is the world over and yet he's led us down this path again so Mm -hmm. rachel where where will you be serving what can you tell us about where you're going to be going so we will be serving again in the country of Uruguay. We'll be living in the capital city of Montevideo. And so in that city of around 3.5-ish million people, we'll be supporting in, of course, according to our different roles, we'll be supporting the church planting efforts there in the city. Pastor, can you tell us about uh, what you anticipate your, your work will be and who you'll be serving alongside in Montevideo? Sure. So I was called from seminary. I I graduated from um, the seminary in Fort Wayne earlier this spring. I'm called to be a church planter, uh, as Rachel mentioned, and I'll be working alongside currently our our sole LCM missionaries there in Montevideo, uh, Pastor James Sharp and his wife, Angie. Uh, Pastor Sharp also uh, serves as a church planter, uh, but he's been serving the 
congregation of the Lutheran Church of Uruguay there, St. Paul's, we would say in England, as well as he serves as an area facilitator. So traveling to various countries in the southern part of South America. So Pastor Sharp and Angie and their kids have been there for about seven years. So since 2014, but we have a fantastic team of also Brazilian Lutheran pastors. Pastor Andre Mueller also serves at St. Paul's there, and he is also currently the president of the Lutheran Church of Uruguay, so president of our sister church body there. And there's also a pastor Christian Hoffman uh, serving as a chaplain at the school there attached to the church. So uh, this is very exciting to step into such a such a team that's already been working together to plant new churches, to support the ministries that are there and to, to raise up more Lutherans in Uruguay. So something people always, you know, sort of say, it's like you mentioned church planting and their eyes glaze over, but you know, we, we have to, we have to remind them that there, there is no 12 step program. You know, there's no expensive curriculum that you purchase and you say, you do all these things or you follow these steps and boom, you have a church plan, but it's, it's through relationships, you know, patient, relationships and and transparency and genuineness and meeting people where they're at and it's understanding that god is the one doing the work again just like all the other things in our synod this work is done through word and sacrament ministry it happens in the parish it happens in the divine service god is the one who's in the business of changing hearts and he does that so well and you know we as pastors are, are merely his unworthy vessels but we're speaking what what god has given us to speak and we're giving people Jesus. So with all of this and, and your, you have some previous experience, both of you serving internationally already, but now going to a different country, uh, Spanish speaking, what are some of the things that you've uh, been learning about Uruguay and the people and the culture there, uh, especially since, you know, church planting is, is such a relational thing. What are some of the things you've been learning about the people and the culture? Uh, start with Well, that. among some of the things we've learned, again, having not yet been to Uruguay, even as tourists yet, through talking to people who are living there, through reading, watching different things, listening to things, you know, we've learned that that in terms of South America, Uruguay is one of the most atheistic and secular countries nationwide. Certainly in South America, and, and some have even said, you know, on the world scale, just a religious. There's not, as a society, much of a framework for religion or conversations about theology and God as a higher power. So, so in terms of relationships, what we've been told is, you know, of course there are Christians there, there are faithful Christians there, but they're definitely a minority when when you start to talk to to individual people. And so the, the inroads there are going to maybe look a little bit similar to our own country in terms of, you know, people not wanting to talk about things of God. And yet, even in our own country here in the United States, I think we find in many contexts that a lot of people know enough about religion or think they do or enough about Christianity to, to in many cases, have a misunderstanding. As we've come to understand it so far, Uruguay is just, it's really a blank slate. And so we anticipate there being, in that respect, some, maybe some, some different types of inroads because a lot of people just really, they've never been taught anything about who Christ is. Pastor Phil, would you like to add to that, uh, how you've been preparing and, and what you're anticipating there? So, so yeah, that that's a very good, big, general, overarching answer, but I'm just going to do the simple, honest, deep dive. I'm learning Spanish intensively. So that's, that's really good. It's probably been 
oh, 18 years since I formally learned Spanish. So we're dusting <laughs> off the cobwebs. Seven years of Latin in high school and undergrad is helpful, but you know, it's always humbling to say, ah, yes, this is how you say, I want to eat an apple or no, thank you. I do not want cream in my cup, you know, things like that. It's, it's a good process. Language learning is great because like I said, it humbles you and it prepares you to be a learner, to be a listener, to accept people as they are, to meet them where they are, remembering that you are no better. You know, as Christians, we confess first and foremost that we have absolutely nothing to bring to the table apart from Jesus. So all of this is sort of this this whole body experience preparing to move. You know, people think about packing up suitcases or an international shipping container, but there's all of this work that happens behind the scenes that that we want to share with those people who are supporting us and and praying for us. And yet, you know, sometimes there's just a lot of emails or there's phone meetings and things. So um, language learning is part of it, um, as, as you're mentioning too. Cultural acquisition is part of it. Rachel and I have never been to Uruguay before, so we're trying to talk to Pastor Sharp and, and we're trying to get to know some of the people on the field, you know, even by a distance, you know, through Facebook. So there's there's also Pastor Michael and Schiefer Decker, who is a pastor in the Brazilian Lutheran Church, and he's actually one of our Alliance missionaries. So he and his family are going to be working in the north of the country. So that's something exciting as well. But um just really interesting, something for, for those folks who are listening, if you look for resources on Uruguay, you, you really got to look hard. There's not a lot of dedicated information. I, I've been looking for books. I did a little bit of research and found some white papers and things, but oftentimes Uruguay being a smaller country in South America sometimes seems to be tacked on to information about countries like Argentina. It's nestled right there between Argentina and Brazil. So one of the smaller countries between two of the largest countries on the continent. So, you know, we've been trying to read books. We've been trying to read articles and papers. We watched, you know, the, I uh, said, No Reservations with Anthony Bourdain, where he went to Montevideo. And, you know, it's not super accurate or historically deep, but it's it's his interpretation, his impression. So things like that, in addition to the language acquisition. Hey, learning about culture through food is a... Uh... Amen. I'm here for it. <laughs> very, very important. Very exciting. Very, very fun as well. We went to an Uruguayan restaurant in Washington, D.C., not knowing that we were there during the... Was it the Copa Nacional, Rachel? I, I think or Copa America. We have a lot Copa about America. football. Okay. True football. South American yes. football to <laughs> learn. So, <laughs> yeah, it was that game between Argentina and Brazil. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> that was a cultural experience. And we realized very quickly that it was mostly Argentinians in the restaurant, but we, we got the full experience <laughs> in a very <laughs> short time, I think. <laughs> Immersion learning through sports. That's, mm -hmm. that's what do. Sports and food <laughs> and wine. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Rachel, how has language uh, language learning been for you? Because you, you've served before in a Spanish-speaking region, haven't you? I have, yes. So I started studying Spanish back in high school, continued through college and into my adult life. And and then, of course, in, in Peru and the Dominican Republic. So um, I actually just had a test this morning and there are fine, fine points that I'm working to refine. Always have more to learn, but it'll be it'll be an adjustment for even just a new way of speaking in South America, farther south than I've ever lived. And there are some vocabulary nuances, but it's it's fun to get back into it. Yeah. She did a great job. Don't let her downplay that. She told me what her <laughs> score was. She did just fine. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, we're talking with the Reverend Philip and Deaconess Rachel Joseph, who are preparing to serve the Lord in Uruguay. We have more to learn about their service in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golsa. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking with friends preparing to serve the Lord in Uruguay today, the Reverend Philip and Deaconess Rachel Joseph. And this is a fun conversation. I feel like we just need to go hang out with them maybe when they're in Uruguay. What do you think? I would have yes. <laughs> good coffee there too, right? Yes. <laughs> Once we have a door to open to you, it would be so much fun to host you both. So come on down. Coffee Hour World Tour. So you've been learning a lot, as much as you can, about the people and the, the, the people you'll be serving, the culture and the community you'll be living in, the people you'll be serving alongside. Uh, you've been spending some time here in the States preparing as well during what we call network support. Tell us about that stage and, and what that means. Pastor? So network support refers to the means by which our Senate takes care of and sends and sustains its international missionary efforts. So what that looks like for us now, we are missionaries of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And what I've said at so many congregations we visited is, I'm your missionary. Now, now I know you didn't vote to, to extend me a call, but I'm your missionary and I'm going and moving, you know, about 6,000 miles away and saying goodbye for now to family and friends and home and familiar things because not everybody can do that, but the Lord has prepared this opportunity for us, even as he's now preparing a way for us to to relocate and serve there. So we have the privilege of getting to travel around the United States, visiting schools and congregations and having lunch meetings and coffee meetings with individuals who are excited about what the Lord is doing in Uruguay, in the Lutheran church there, getting the gospel out. We have not met a lot of folks who have been there. So at least from our perspective and our experience, it's it's less known. And like I said before the break, you know, we have never been there. So we're excited to share what we do know and our interpretations um, and to do our best, at least right now, until we have our own experiences and stories to to bring people along, to show them some of the opportunities, to show them the fantastic things that, that Pastor Sharp and Angie and, and Pastors Mueller and Hoffman and, and even uh, Pastor Schieferdecker, uh, he was able to move into the country, I think a little bit more recently. So we're excited about his installation, but just letting people know all of the possibilities and all of the great work and the reminder that these sorts of efforts take years and years and years and years. I mean, to our thinking, because it is the Lord, you know, who is planting the seeds. 
who's watering the gospel seeds, who's sustaining them and bringing about a harvest. You know, even as we've seen the Lutheran church in Brazil grow over the last hundred years, we were privileged to stay with uh, a family in Southwest Nebraska. We were just visiting out there a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we stayed with the nephew of the first LCMS missionary to Brazil. Unintentionally, we had no idea. So Pastor Martin Hoffman got his call out of Concordia, St. Louis to go serve as the first missionary to Brazil. And we are so excited and privileged now to be working with pastors in the Lutheran Church of Brazil more than a hundred years later. I mean, this shows how the gospel goes forth. And it doesn't always work, of course, according to our time frame. And yet God knows exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Where have you been able to travel to do this network support raising? And travel is, is still kind of weird right now with, with all pandemic stuff. But where have you guys uh, been able to go and to visit? So lately, we've been in Indiana, north and south. We've we've been in Missouri, um, especially for missionary orientation. We were in Denver a little bit, staying with friends who so graciously loaned us their, because car rentals are crazy right now, so that we could drive to southwest Nebraska, to McCook, Nebraska, so I could preach at a mission festival at a parish there, and so that we could do our presentation. And we just got back from Albuquerque, New Mexico. We're also in Gallup there presenting at an an LWML zone rally. We've got some other possibilities on the calendar still, but right now we're, we're going to try to take a little bit of time to not travel, to not fly and drive some, to spend time here in Maryland, Pennsylvania, maybe farther up the East coast. So we've been, I guess we've been moving pretty hard since, is it the end of June, end of July? Please yeah, June, June, July, June, July. So we've definitely been burning up the road. And, and you know, the, the amazing thing, of course, we know God always provides through his people. But in, in our case, it's really been amazing to, to be reminded of that in terms of how we have, we have, you know, been the ones to reach out initially very few times. A lot of people from past connections through seminary and college and various churches that we knew from our service before. A lot of people have reached out to us. And so we're still setting up meetings and putting the pieces together of connections that the Lord has already provided, which is really pretty amazing. The enthusiasm for when we get to share about what he's doing in Uruguay, it's really, it's really a treat to get to also reconnect with family and old friends on the, on the trail too. Tell us about the the training or the the missionary formation that you went through as well. I know you spent some time here at the International Center as part of this preparation for serving in the field. Rachel, you want to tell us a little more about that? Yeah. So missionary services and the support team at St. Louis really has done an amazing job, continues to do a great job of being uh, a resource and a support as we're in this phase of pre-deployment. But orientation this summer was broken up into two separate weeks. The idea being that when we reconnect for the second week, we we got to focus more intensively on talking about different issues related to spiritual care and burnout and support in community and different things associated with that. So we actually had uh, missionary services brought in doxology, folks from doxology to do kind of a mini retreat for a few days as we wrapped, wrapped that up. So it really was very comprehensive, the whole missionary orientation process between the two weeks in terms of giving us a lot of, a lot of feedback on even our presentation. And we, we were a pretty small cohort. So the different, the various missionary units were able to really engage in a lot of conversation, 
giving feedback about the presentation, but also talking about some of the joys and challenges, the fears, the apprehensions, all of the emotions that can go into it. It was it was very comprehensive and we really had a good little group. Mm-hmm. Phil, how was the the training, missionary training for you? It was it gave me a lot to reflect on because it I mean, it, it had been eight years since I'd initially gone through missionary orientation to prepare to deploy to to Kenya as a lay missionary. And um, I, I think that some of the inclusions since then have really been fantastic. Like like Rachel said, the, the second part was a little bit more. I don't want to say practical, no, but more focused on spiritual care and more focused on tailoring expectations towards what you might expect when we're actually able to relocate and move and start adjusting, you know, as we continue to acquire language, but also some some cultural aspects. Whereas the first half was more focused on starting support, raising, building relationship, understanding stewardship, things like that. And then something else that's also been been added in the last few few years is We're actually sort of doing a a continuing ed module right now. I think it's going to go for about a year through Concordia Theological Seminary. So we we, every week we do sort of a a different missionary unit or module um, that's being facilitated by Dr. Um, Detlev Schultz, who who teaches at the Fort Wayne Seminary. So we, we read some document regarding, you know, what is mission? You know, what are missionaries? What is the focus of mission? You know systematic scriptural aspects of missions as well as some practical applications so that that keeps us in the material it gives us an opportunity to engage with other missionaries and also to continue focusing our expectations and and some of those reminders you know as even as we're preparing to serve Rachel, what are you looking forward to once you're able to deploy onto the field and and, and really get start get started working uh, with the people? What are you looking forward to? I mean, it, it might sound really basic, but the thing I'm most excited about is just getting to know the people. You know, we've seen photos of folks at the, the congregation there, folks at some of the different church plant and outreach program sites. I'm excited to put faces with names and to build relationships and friendships for ourselves to get to know neighbors, whether they're people associated with the church or not. I'm just excited to, because, you know, that's when, that's when a place feels real and feels like it, it becomes a part of you because of the people. And, and so I'm excited just to set down some roots because we, we don't know what the Lord has in store for future years, any of us do really, but we're excited to, to hopefully be there. Um, I mean, for the duration, as long as the Lord has us there, we so we do hope to set down some roots. And I'm excited to experience the culture and keep learning, you know, certainly inroads for the gospel, but to just walk alongside people like folks in ministry anywhere do. Pastor, how can we stay informed on the Lord's work in Uruguay and what's going on with the Jasef family as well? Please go ahead and check out our website hosted under Synod's website. You can reach that at lcms.org forward slash Jasith. Our emails are also really easy if you want to get in touch with us. It's philip.jasith at lcms.org or rachel.jasith at lcms.org. But we've also got a Facebook page where we're trying to post regular updates and share some pictures from our travels or interesting facts or, you know, related information as we find it. We're also working on our first newsletter, so we hope to have that out shortly. But if you'd like to be included on that, you can send us an email or reach out to us through Facebook and we'd be happy to include you there. And for our listeners who haven't seen any of the material yet, Jasef is J-A-S-E-F. 
PH. I want to make sure that we all know how to find that as well. And we'll share the links in the program. Good idea. Cool. Yes. <laughs> well, it has just been fantastic catching up with you both. Lord's blessings on your work as you continue to prepare to deploy. We're so thankful for all that you're doing to to go and, and, and further the mission, to carry out that mission in Uruguay with our brothers and sisters there. Thanks so much for being our guest today, the Reverend Philip and Deaconess Rachel Joseph serving the Lord in Uruguay. Thanks for being our guest on The Coffee Hour. Thank you, Thanks Andy. So Thank you, Sarah. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.